so wealth can be enjoyed, but you shouldn't let it distract you. It also holds accountability. So anything that you have in your possession, you are accountable for it, where you spend it, who you spend it on. So the money that you earn also should be lawful or halal, as we say. So it shouldn't be earned by buying or selling goods that uh, forbid us as such as alcohol, anything that's harmful to the body, um, illegal activities as well. You know, we're talking about uh, selling drugs and stuff like that. So that obviously isn't halal earning. And one of the five pillars of Islam is to give to charity, that's zakah. It is mentioned in the Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah. The true righteousness uh, is in one who believes in Allah, the last day, the angels, the book, the prophets, and gives of their wealth in spite of love for it. It boils down to, I have this money and I can buy luxuries with it, but I want to give it away. I want to give it to charity as well. So you give it to your relatives, your family, orphans, the needy, the traveler, uh, those who ask for help and who establishes prayer and practices regular charity. Giving regular charity is a great habit to start, especially when you want to add blessings to your wealth. And Prophet Muhammad provided a great example of a Muslim who spent his wealth in charity. Instead of looking at himself first, he provided for others. He was never greedy. If you read the autobiography of Prophet Muhammad, if you looked at the way he lived, his lifestyle, everything was very simple. He had all the riches in his grasp, yet still he chose not to live that kind of life. He was given that huge responsibility. And this responsibility that is put on one person, like literally to guide the people around him. What do you class as a free life where you don't have any limitations? You can live as you feel, you can do as you please, etc. And again, we know that from past nations, whenever things like this come into play, these kind of mindsets that uh, people just live as they want. It's not really served the people. It's not really helped them. Why? Because ultimately, there has to be a point where someone needs guidance. Like, okay, if I come to a crossroad in my life right now, which way do I go? Do I take this route or do I take another route? Now, one route that you take, it could mean a change in your life. It could affect the rest of your life. Where does a person get that guidance? How does a person know how to distinguish between what is right, what is wrong? Now, if they have no guidance, if they don't have a source that they can look at, they're not really going to know which way to go. They're just going to have an assumption that, okay, maybe if everyone is following this road, it must be right. So I might as well go and take that route, right? And... Who knows where that road will take them? Because if you think about it nowadays, there's a lot of crowd followers. And these crowd followers, what they tend to do is, if it's something that they saw online, if it's something that their friends do, or their friends do, and it's deemed as something okay, what, what happens in that mindset? 
And even if that thing is completely wrong, they will still follow it. Because they're thinking to themselves, well, if all these people are following this route, it must be right. And this is where we have to think. This is where we have to reflect. So yeah, this is why we need guidance. And as Muslims, we have the Quran and the Sunnah. That is the true guidance that we have. And there's no better way to live your life. It's the source of humanity, not just Muslims. You know, a Muslim is a person basically who submits to one God, and that is Allah. We don't say God, we say Allah. We go through uh, like the names and his attributes and that way we get to know our creator. And so back to what I was saying, Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is the best example of a Muslim and he was never greedy. He himself was an orphan. You know, he lost his parents at a very young age. When a person is in that position where they are constantly losing people around them, it either makes them or it breaks them. But with this situation, you look at how a person could lose everything so quickly in their life. They are tested. So what I was saying about wealth itself as well, uh, when it comes to having an abundance of wealth, we should really open our minds to thinking that, what can I do with this money? First and foremost, help yourself. Make sure you're good. So inshallah, I hope that we can learn from the lessons of the past. You know, you've got credit cards, you've got mortgages, you've got people asking for money uh, from the banks and the banks are willingly giving it to them. And even though they probably know they can't afford it. So if you think about it, when you go to a bank, they tap in all your details, whether it's your credit score, whether it's uh, what's your household income, what what's your monthly income and that kind of stuff. And they will tap in some figures into a computer and they will say, oh, we can lend you 100K. And you're like, hey, fantastic. I'll go and find a house. But what you need to understand is they're not just giving you that 100K for nothing. You're borrowing it. There's interest building up on that. And we're told from the Islamic perspective that if you deal with interest or usury, it's as if you are declaring war with Allah. This is one of the most major sins. And I myself, this is a reminder for myself as well, um, that I need to really get myself out of these kind of things. You look at what's going on now, inflation, all these things are a knock-on effect of people borrowing on things that they really can't afford. People are using their credit cards. It's like money they don't really have, but they're spending it because it's there. If someone offers you a 50K credit line on a, you know, on a credit card, you're going to think, I can buy whatever I want. But no, you need to understand, you need to pay that back eventually. You have to pay it back, right? So, you know, that money has to come from somewhere. And unfortunately... You know, these credit card companies, banks, they uh, feed off our needs, our habits, you know, the shopping, uh, etc. So, of course, they're going to throw all these things at you, but it doesn't mean you need to spend it. So, yeah, that's that's the dilemma of credit, interest, etc. Another thing that we also have an understanding of is having the fear of poverty, right? So... We mustn't have a fear of poverty because we believe that Allah will provide. All right. So even in the, let's say the time before Islam, for instance, uh, pagans 
would kill their children out of fear of poverty. Because of that, there was a verse of the Quran that was specifically uh, revealed for that. Verse number 151, and it's from chapter 6 of the Quran. Allah says, Do not kill your children out of poverty. We will provide for you and for them. So this is, again, this is Allah saying, you don't need to do that. If you feel like you can't provide for them, don't worry. The means will come. You just keep asking from Allah. Uh, that means will come to you somehow. So Allah is a provider of all things. And a true believer should not fear poverty. Because Allah will provide for them. From means that we cannot ever imagine. Let's say if you fear poverty, it is as if you're not trusting Allah. So you must have full trust. We know that He is providing for us, regardless of what goes on around us. And that brings us to the end of this podcast. Join us next time as we have more discussions on money matters. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.